welcome to the Taney Love Church Podcast. Our desire is to gather, train, and send those who are called to the kingdom. We hope this message inspires, uplifts, and equips you to fulfill the call that God has placed in your life. Thanks again. God bless. is a little bit scrackly. Yesterday I didn't have a voice, but I was like, you know what, devil, shut up. I'm still going to preach. So by the middle of this, it should be 100% better. That's what I'll believe for. So um, on Fridays, I have had the opportunity to speak to um, London and Sarah's co-op, and they were like, hey, so we need somebody to preach a Bible class. And um, would you do it? And I was like, yep, pray about it. And I just felt super good about it. And in this uh, past couple of months, it's been amazing to be able to sit with 40 little kids with one very strong woman that makes everybody sit down, and um, <laughs> which is good. Sometimes you just need a little bit of an authoritarian. She's a little intense sometimes, but it's fine. Um, so... It's been amazing, but what's really cool is I'm bringing the word to them, but I'm simplifying it. And in order for the word to get in you deep, it has to be simple. So I want to bring the word to you simple. This is still Bible. This is still um, revelatory, but I want this to go in you guys as you are children today. I'm going to speak to you guys, not like in a baby voice, but as children. In some of this, some of these parts are going to be Christmas, obviously. Uh, but I want to talk about Jesus being the greatest gift, uh, and He is grace. So I'm going to bring that to you guys today. Um, I might need a, the tea, if at all possible. Thank you. <clears throat> um. I just don't want to cough and gag. That would look really bad on camera. Um, and I don't want to scare anybody. You know, you guys are safe. You guys are family. But somebody out there might be like, oh, she's, she's real gross. So, um, so let's just start talking about this. Maybe I should sit. I want it to be comfy. I always sit with the kids. So I'll bring this stuff. I don't like pews. You know, they're just, Micah, can I take this? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Thank you. If I get to sit here, it's fine, I guess. You won't be able to see me? I'm a tiny little baby. Okay. All right. Thank you, my love. I need my tea. Okay. And not to burn myself. So, let's start. Kids, you guys ready? Yes. Are you listening? Yes. Okay. London, you have your cell phone? No. Okay. 
Um, so we're going to talk about the origins of sin and why we need a Savior. Okay? So let's go on to Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. Grace is a gift sent from God in the flesh for us to be reconciled back to Christ. Who, the Word became flesh, right? Who is the Word? Who's the Word? Jesus. Jesus is the Word. He came in the flesh to reconcile us. Reconcile means bring us back. Bring us back to Christ. Why? I'm going to talk about why today. <clears throat> Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, You have been saved by grace because you believed. You did not save yourselves. It was a gift from God. Grace is a gift. It is not works. It is not busting your little butt to be perfect. It is <laughs> perfect. It is a gift. There are no strings attached to a true gift. Jesus was sent because God loved us. God had a plan to be close to us again. You see, when God created us humans, he first created a man named Adam and a lady, his lady named Eve. They talked and walked with God daily. They were in a true relationship. God told Adam that he could eat of every tree except the tree of knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die, he said. That's pretty scary. Guys ever grabbed a fruit tree and be like, I think I might die if I eat this. No. This was a warning to Adam and soon to be Eve as he created her as helpmate. The Bible says that they were naked and felt no shame. They didn't know they were nude. They had no idea. They were just chilling in the garden, happy, happy. I wish I could do that. <laughs> but we have social protection. God <laughs> saw them as they were inside, uh, as they were inside and out. God had free will to eat of the tree that he was not supposed to. He still had free will, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Did, was there an electric fence around the knowledge of the tree? Mm -hmm. Or of the tree of good and evil? No, there was not. Was there lightning bolts? No. <clears throat> A serpent came <clears throat> and asked Eve if God had really said they were not to eat of every tree of the garden. Nice little tactic, I think the enemy to make them think that they are missing something when they are lacking nothing. And they were in perfect communion with God. The serpent told the woman that they would not die. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Eve was convinced, Sarah, Eve was convinced. <gasps> I, I will do this. I don't care today. <clears throat> she saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. She wanted the wisdom it would give her. And so she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. 
at that moment, their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame for the first time at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and the woman heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? It's sad, right? They had a beautiful relationship with God and all of a sudden they're hiding. He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? Notice they hid. Sin separates you from God. God is light and sin lives in darkness. Adam then blamed his wife. It's the woman you gave me. They went from shame to blame. The love of God gave Adam help, and instead of accepting fault, pride began. The serpent's lie was attached to a fruit of pride. Eve then blamed the serpent. Repentance was non-existent. Blame was very present. They had shame but chose to stay in, in sin. They now knew the difference of good and evil. They had eaten from the tree, but they chose evil. Remember in the Bible that it says that they were not to eat the tree of good and evil? And God said, they will be like us. And it's not good that they would know how to do that. Do you think it was God's intention to keep that forever? Or do you think they were just not mature enough to receive? Their first response to eating the tree was shame and pride. If they were mature enough, they would be naked in front of God and okay, and they would then repent instead of prideful. I don't think God, who is a no-lacking God, would ever keep something from their child when they know. But they were babies. And so that baby state began right there for hundreds and hundreds of years until God sent Jesus that we were able to grow in him through the power of the Holy Spirit. And to the man he said, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living. By the sweat of your brow you will have food to eat until you will have food to eat. You have to push and prod and work a hundred hours a week. Does that sound very, very similar to um, our United States society? Do you know that that's the curse? The Bible says that everything our hand touches is blessed. So that means you could work a 
32 hour a week job and be fine when God told you to because there's blessing instead of three three jobs. So keep that in your head. For you were made, but you have to be obedient. You don't make your own plans, by the way. Don't be lazy and say God said. Okay? Two different things. Okay. For you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. Um, I wrote down Deuteronomy 28 because you guys need to know what blessings you guys have um, all around you. You guys need to know Deuteronomy 28. And when you read the cursings part, speak the blessings instead. You will get one of those jobs, I I wrote, you'll get one of those jobs that will make you more money than if you had three with holes in your pocket. Mike and I work part-time. And uh, there was a time that we lived very, very under. Um, uh Uh-huh. And we're like, okay, well, how, I mean, God was so faithful, but we were so dumb. Um, and, and he's so merciful. This is why I know <laughs> I live in the grace and mercy of God because of how I lived for so long. And um, it's just incredible to be working part-time, but me be making more money than we ever have. And then when we shift to full-time, which they will, there will be grace for that, we'll make more money than that. I actually literally have that as a confession in my mirror in my bathroom that we will make more money in full-time ministry than we ever did working. Because that's the truth. They were then removed from a close relationship to toil and work on the ground that they came from. Then the man, Adam, named his wife Eve because she would be the mother of all who would live. And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. I, I saw that and it just like struck me. After all of that, And shortly after they were banned from the garden, God himself, out of animal skins, made clothes for Adam and Eve. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. And I just had a thought, and it must be God because I'm not that smart. He said, that was the law. To put clothes on them was now to protect against the elements that would be around them for the next hundred of ye- hundreds of years, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But are clothes a complete protection? Yeah. No. no. Mm-hmm. They will protect, they will cover, mm-hmm. but they will not free you. There was protection against the elements, even though they were going to be subject to the ground. The same goes for what God did for sin before Christ. The law protected us from destruction. He loved us so much, he didn't want to see us die. So he created a process that we would, because it wasn't time yet, to send Jesus. God's pretty particular about his time. 
pretty prophetic, that God. But he created a law to be around us, to protect us, so his people would not be completely and totally destroyed. He loved us so much, and he was so merciful, even though they were so darn dumb. Yeah. Had conversations with the Israelites, you'd be so annoyed with them. Yeah. Oh, you see, yeah, God protected us from these Egyptians. We were in slavery for so many years, but he's definitely going to have us die in here. Yeah. Like, you guys are dumb, dumb little babies. True. Hey, you know what? You could be dumb little babies, too. You know that. <laughs> Without the grace of God and our, our mercy that we wake up to in the morning. Do you know how we are like toddlers? That we're cranky if we don't get our, like, nummy nummies in the morning. <laughs> we are big babies. You know that, right? had conversations with people like 50 60 year old old women that are grumpy and they have the same attributes as the toddler without Christ we never grow up you have all of these conditions and you never grow up you need the grace of God because he helps us grow mm -hmm. you cannot be fully mature without Christ you can't so the old uh, staunch ladies at church, someday you'll be like me. No, thanks. No, thank you. Love you, but no. <clears throat> okay, moving on. That's not nice. Hopefully there's not an old lady that's like making fun of me and my voice today. Not here, not here, not here, not here. Mm -mm. We don't have old ladies. We got like young youth like the Eagles women in here. That's right. We had to put, be put under the law so sin was clear. If sin was clear, there was no hope. Uh, there was a hope of protection. A lack of knowledge causes one to perish. All right, we're getting close to the Christmas story. So get ready. Christmas is almost here. Galatians 4, 4 through 6 says, But when the right time God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law, God sent him to buy freedom for us because we were subject to the law. Oh, no. What did I do? Okay. We were subject to the law, but Christ came to buy us freedom. He wanted relationship. He desired mercy, not sacrifice. Right. Right. Not every year, you know, you sinned for the year. You go and you bring your unblemished goat Lammy, your cute little cow with no boo-boos. <laughs> and that was not enough. He desired the Adam and Eve relationship that existed in the garden. He desired relationship, not thou shalt bring the goat in for you lying to your sister's brother. <laughs> That was not enough because he's cool. He's a cool, loving God, isn't he? He wanted us protected from the elements, but he wanted to make us free from destruction and death. And that is why Jesus was sent. Be in the world, but not of it. That is why as Christians, as why we Christians walk in good news, like Ben was talking about last week. We should be walking in Deuteronomy 28. 
not dragging our feet like we're orphans. There is such good news in him. We get to be in rest in him. I'm going to take a drink. All right, so I don't know if you guys have ever had questions in your head, but I feel like I'm a kid sometimes. And in my head, I just was like, it's kind of weird that Jesus was sent like as a baby. Like, why was he sent as a baby? I mean, yeah, it would be weird if he was like, all of a sudden he evolved as like this 29-year-old man and he just showed up out of nowhere. He didn't have any family. But I, I just had those questions in my head, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> so she will bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. I'm going to talk about why Jesus was sent as a baby. It's not like, I didn't cut that off, by the way. (laughs) Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. I have this in the Holman Christian standard. If you guys don't have it up there, that's fine. I can read it. You guys know this. Like, this is like every Christmas song. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Eternal Father. I want you to hear that. Eternal Father. Grace never leaves. Remember Jesus was called Emmanuel. God will never leave. His grace is eternal. God with us. See, that was his intention from the garden. God with us. Not God just in a tent. That was the closest God could be to us because of our sin. He needed, he needed to be close to us. So wherever alone, this is the Bible says, we are never left alone. He never leaves us or forsakes us. His intention of Jesus was to be with us all the time. His government and peace will never end. His anger was not forever. A true king would come and restore God's people. Matthew 10, 28 says, The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom to many. I think this is Luke 1. I did not write it down, but this is the Bible story again. I try to read it like my, my dad. My dad would always read me like the Bible stories mm-hmm. on Christmas morning, which was really annoying as a kid because you wanted to open the gift. <laughs> yeah. Like we had like this tradition. Now it's beautiful, you know, because you're an adult and hopefully, you, you know, you're grown up by then. But my mom would always make a cake because it was Jesus' birthday. And then we would, um, he would read all three of the scripture verses and the like the really long one so by the time we're like this is never gonna end <laughs> all right <clears throat> i think it's luke 118 the birth of jesus i i don't know i hope it's not matthew 118 i don't think it is is it one matthew okay this this is what it says so maybe you can find it this is how jesus the messiah was born his mother mary was engaged to be married to joseph But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. 
so he decided to break the engagement quietly. She was like, she's pregnant, and I don't know about this. <laughs> As he considered this, though, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. He will save his people from their sins. Not cover Say. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. <clears throat> Luke 1.54 says, this is Mary. She says, he has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. Through all that crazy stuff, even through the law, and how many times God protected his people and they were still sinning and they were covered and they went and were taken by many different countries back and forth. He said, you still remained merciful. You didn't give up. You still planned to send your son. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. <clears throat> um, I'll read you this too. Have you guys ever read um, the Romans faith chapter in, in ways of righteousness instead of just faith? Yeah. Do you know how good that is? I'll have to read it to you. Like it's, it's so good. I read it in a completely different level. Um, oh man, it's incredible. Anyway, you'll get it. <clears throat> Sarah knows this because I've been singing this to the class. John 1.14 And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. When you think of Jesus, you have to start thinking about his grace. You have to start thinking about how he came and sacrificed his position his body, his emotions, his everything to come for us. It is not a fable. It is real life. And it's so special to think about what he did for us. <clears throat> Isaiah 53, 11 says, Jesus was fully God. I, I, can, I don't know which, one, which version this is. Uh, go to Isaiah 53, 11. Um, Jesus was fully God and fully man sent to Mary through the Holy Spirit. He came to this earth fully reliant on people, then growing more dependent on God. His grace followed our whole human life as an infant to an adulthood. Yeah. Now, this is why Jesus was sent as a baby. He wore diapers. Well, not our kind of diapers, but mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he teethed. Yeah. Imagine Jesus teething. He was hungry. He was tired. Baby Jesus was hungry and tired. Because Mary was a human. Right? 
He lived and he died for us. Matthew 28 says, and this struck me too, um, I was reading the Rama newsletter that they send me every month. It's really, really good. Um, and it, they're doing their little section on Christmas. And one of them was just talking about Emmanuel, God with us. But the scripture that like struck me was Matthew 28. Um, and when Jesus says, I am with you always, even to the end of the, even to the end of the earth, he is with us in everything. So when you hear that scripture, he is with us always, even to the end of the earth. He has experienced everything that we ever have. So when you're like freaking out at your mom, Jesus thought those same thoughts. When, you know, London wants her iPad and I uh, don't want to give it to her. Jesus didn't have an iPad, but maybe he had like, he constructed one because he like <laughs> thought, because he was, you know, his dad was a, you know, um, a carpenter. Yeah, he had a different tablet, but he, he you know, he, he sees the future, right? So maybe like Holy Spirit like gave him revelation of an iPad, so he was like trying with wood, probably not. Um, but <laughs> Jesus has experienced the same thing, those same frustrations, yet he knew no sin. So that's what's crazy to me is that he was able to be silent. But remember, he was fully man and fully God. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, he then had all that power that indwells inside us so that we can do everything that Jesus was able to do on this earth. Let me see here. Um, we needed his grace, God's favor, which we do not deserve. We needed to get out of the law, but be completely free. Remember, he didn't do away with the law. He fulfilled it. So we literally have his law in us that we can do the things that we have been called to do without sin. We have grace literally all around us. Grace, he, we've been saved through grace. So Jesus came to us. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. That's grace. And then we live and die in grace. We get to eternally be with him in grace. Literally, we just live in his grace. That's the coolest thing. Jesus came to us as a perfect man without sin. Jesus is a gift. Sin deserves death, which we deserve. But through Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross, he saved us from death into life and a new creation. And when we pass from this body, we will live with him internally, which is a great reward. When Jesus was raised from the grave, we were then justified. That's the freedom right there. He died as he was raised we were justified. Yeah. Read that one. I got Holman again. Titus 3, 3 through 6. Actually, 3, 3 through 7. <clears throat> New King James. Okay, I'll read it. And go till... Um, Seven, 
For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward men appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, we didn't do a thing. But according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Living Christian life is just walking in his grace. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I'm speaking today because of his grace. Right. I'm where I'm at today because of his grace. Um, I know my flesh. And if I hadn't been saved in my early 20s, uh, again, because I became a Christian when I was young, but I, I strayed. And I, I could care less what my parents said about Jesus. I knew that there was peace in the house, but I didn't care. Until I realized and I came to myself like the prodigal, that I had to come to grace so I could be saved. And I repented. The one thing that Adam couldn't do, he gave me. He gave me. And... I am so thankful because I cannot do anything without the grace of God. I would have been probably a raging alcoholic because I know my flesh. I would have probably been yellow. I don't know. <laughs> I would not have been good. I would not have been happy. I could tell you that. I need Jesus, and I need to be all in with him so I can function. You know, I don't even drink at all because of his grace. Now, I'm not condoning, by the way, just so you guys are aware. I, uh, the Lord speaks to me, and I listen, and I don't do what he asks me to do because I love him, and he's faithful, but he also knows my flesh, too. And he's the coolest God. Water in Zevia is good for me. And I like Coke Zero. Coke Zero is pretty bad. Coke Zero is bad for you. I probably should stop drinking. It's delicious, though. I'll talk to the Lord about it. If he tells me and yells at me, I'll get off. <clears throat> I might be disobedient. I don't know. <laughs> I, can, I can totally survive without soda. I don't know about Zevia, though. I really like Zevia. <clears throat> When Jesus rose from the grave, he told us he was going to give us a helper that would help us every day. We are never alone. He even helps us to serve God perfectly, just as Jesus did when he walked on this earth. Isn't that like grace? Just to help us. Grace has been shed abroad in our hearts. I think we must skip that, skip that. Skippy skip. I already read that. 
Okay, James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, from the Father of the heavenly lights. And Colossians 1, my mother would always say this scripture to me, but she would say it really fast. You know, like when you like remember a scripture and you just say it over your kids, but he was a little, little bit, she said it like, like really, really fast. It's in my head now, just as my mother would speak it to me. And I'm like, is this really confession? Are you really speaking this over me? Or is this something that you just, okay, but moving on. If mom, if you're watching this, just say it slower. Colossians 1 says, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. This includes you who were once far away from God. This is 21, by the way. You were his enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, not in a tent any longer. His presence, which only comes with praise and thanksgiving, Thank you, Jesus. I get to be with you. We praise your holy name. Boom. Presence. There's your code. Thankfulness. We don't have to kill an animal to get... Actually, you didn't even get in his presence. You were around, but you couldn't. You would die. But we get to be in his presence. And in his presence is fullness of joy. Yeah. <coughs> oh. <coughs> Hold on. <coughs> I won't gag. <coughs> Pending. I'm healed by the name of Jesus. By Jesus drives I'm healed. <clears throat> I attack the girls with scripture <coughs> when they threaten a puke. <coughs> it works. <coughs> As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault not one yeah. <clears throat> you go in his throne room he's like you're clean as a whistle yeah. why is that a saying <clears throat> anyway um you are clean you are cleansed yeah. you have the presence of god dwelling inside of you yeah. <coughs> which has made you without blame Ephesians 1, 3 through 8. You guys should um, uh, memorize this. This is really good. All of Ephesians, really, but Ephesians 1 is really good. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, <coughs> who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. 
just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In the beginning, he planned for us to be holy and blameless for him, before him. He probably had that planned for Adam and his family. But remember, Christ was the new Adam. He came to reconcile himself for us. <clears throat> In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention to his will, to the praise and the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the richness of his grace, which he lavished on us, <coughs> in all wisdom and insight. I literally wrote the same scripture like three times, three different pages. I must have been half asleep when I did this. <clears throat> I'm not afraid to show you my faults. <clears throat> Luke 2.40 says, The child continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. The grace of God is upon us now because Christ came for us to save us from sin, but to also give us continual grace. Because he is grace and grace died and rose again for us, we now have access to grace all the time. All the time. You see that? All the time we have grace. All the time we have grace. How dare you do that? Where's your grace? Grace for yourself. Stop beating yourself up. Condemnation is not a fruit of the Spirit. Oh, no, I did it again. Grace. His grace is sufficient. His grace is in you. Holy Spirit is grace in you. Stop beating yourself up. The quicker you, be, you stop beating yourself up, the quicker you have complete and total freedom. Shame separates us, but His grace brings us right to the throne room. Boom. Boom. Somebody need to hear that. That's good. <clears throat> okay, so Romans 4. When I told you I was going to do Romans 4, I only ever saw this as like how um, Brother Moore talks about it, which is like faith, faith in Christ, toward all things, all sufficiencies, uh, believing God for money. I'll, t I'll tell myself, it's fine, you know. But I, I literally, that's only the thing I've ever seen it as. Money's good. Not saying anything's wrong with that. That's incredible. But there, when you read scripture, there's so much more. It's hearty. It has a lot of meat. 
and you get to eat more and more and every time you read it you see a different way that it was like presented remember his his word is life and uh, anyway moving on <clears throat> Romans 4 what is that that's your water bottle Abraham justified by faith um, I'm gonna read this out loud are you guys with me we're almost done yes, sir. I promise that's okay, you can call me sir, it's fine. <laughs> I'm not offended. <laughs> I mean, my voice is a little deeper than normal. <laughs> Got a little bit of a man voice. I wore a dress though, just for that. Romans 4, 4, I'm going to start reading to you, uh, New King James. What then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? Remember, Abraham is um, the, our father of faith, right? He was counted as righteous. And so as we are, we are now in the family of Abraham. All right? <clears throat> Regardless of you being a Gentile or if you're a Jew, cool. Uh, but you are now in that family line okay what then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh for if Abraham was justified by works he has something to boast about <laughs> do you know what boasting means no. bragging mm -hmm. Maggie likes that or Minnie sorry but not before God but what does the scripture say Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness how did we get righteous we believed in God, didn't we? We confessed and we believed God for righteousness. By grace we have been saved. We believed under Christ and we were saved. Okay? Now we are Abraham's family line. Right away. Boom. Because he did the same thing. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace but as debt. If you keep trying to be perfect for Christ, you're never going to be perfect. In fact, you're counting yourself in debt. Imagine being thousands and thousands and thousands of credit card of debt. That's your works. Right. You're costing a whole lot to yourself. You better quit. Sin is attached to debt. Remember that in Deuteronomy, we are to lend, not borrow. I'm not talking about money, guys, just so you guys know. We're talking about freedom and we're talking about grace. We are to lend, not borrow. It is because we live in freedom in all areas of Christ. But to him who does not work but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. We, Sarah, ready? We are... The righteousness, the righteousness of Christ. Of Christ. And, Christ and God in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. Just as David also describes the blessedness of the man to whom God imputed righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Now we're completely free, right? Not just covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. Are we free from that? Yes. We're pretty blessed. Yep. 
Does this blessedness then come upon the circumcised only or upon the uncircumcised also? For we say that faith was accounted to Abraham for righteousness. How then was it accounted? While he was circumcised or uncircumcised? Question mark. I didn't question that really well. Not while circumcised, but while uncircumcised. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had while still uncircumcised. Hold, hold on a second. Doesn't the scripture talk about a seal somewhere? Who's the seal? Holy Spirit. And where does he live? We have been stamped with grace. Too loud. I hit my mic. This is why I don't need mics. This is why like, I need a hand. <clears throat> and he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had still while uncircumcised, that he might be the father of those who believe. He is the father of us because he was righteous unto God, right? but who also walk in the steps of the faith, which our father Abraham had still while uncircumcised. I'm almost done, guys. Just stay with me. <clears throat> and then all of us can have caffeine or just take a nap after. <laughs> the promise granted through faith. Um, Romans 4.13 says, For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. The law was not a justification it was a covering. Our God is a God of redemption. That's why Jesus had to come. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise of, is made of no effect. Grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient for me. I feel like sometimes religious spirits keeping you in law of perfection is very dangerous because it keeps us away the very salvation of grace. Hmm. That's how you get out of situations that you shouldn't be in. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Are we the seed of Abraham? Yes. Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. So precious because Isaac, the life that was placed in Sarah's womb, is the grace that it represents. And of course, Ishmael was the law. 
that was put away. That life, same life that was put into Sarah's womb lives in us. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Everyone say, it is accounted to me, it is accounted to me for, righteousness. for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believed in him, who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. We have been justified. Justified. Um, that, that is a huge thing for me. His grace is sufficient. And um, I could talk to that for death, but we cannot do anything without the Lord. His grace is just so amazing. We get ourselves in a pickle without the Lord. Um. So yeah, if you are a Christian and you're struggling, there's grace for you. But I ask you to give him all of you. Not the little parts that seem good because that's works, but all of you. And his grace will bring you to places that you cannot imagine. You think I was mature enough to have a body of Christ that we had to pray for and take care of several years ago? No! His grace is sufficient. Oh, but you, uh, weren't you perfect in all of that? I'm sorry, what? Are you confused? Your same sinful nature was in me, in my flesh. Your struggle was my struggle. But his grace is sufficient. And the Holy Spirit, the seal of redemption, lives in me, lives in you and you and you and you, all of us. We have been sealed. That means we have his grace in us at all times not to beat ourselves up and to help us get out of sin, which he doesn't count unto us anyways. Mm -hmm. We've been set free of that. That's why he said, should you keep sinning once you receive this grace? He said, absolutely not. Why? Well, it just, it dirties up your mind. But you have been changed from the inside out. And he doesn't want you lost over here when you need to be up here. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tanny Love Church podcast. For more information about us, visit us online at www.tannylovechurch.com. And you can also check us out on social media, on Instagram and Facebook.